Welcome back to Tech Tags Radio, presented by David Gardner's Jewelers here in the Rollo Insurance Studio. Let's look back at the uh, 2023 Aggie baseball season. Jim Schlossnagel is here in studio as we c- take the time just to reflect on the year. How you doing? I'm all right. Yeah. You know, wish we were either. Weird question to ask after, you know, the season ending earlier than we <laughs> wanted, but. Um, yeah. Yeah. Just uh, never feels good to not be playing when somebody else is playing. And. Uh, you know, we obviously had an up and down year, but I felt like we came together towards the end, um, put ourselves in a good position out at Stanford, and then just didn't play well enough, and they're really good. They played great. Um, so, yeah, it's disappointing to be sitting here, have, you know, within 36 hours of playing, you're having exit meetings with players <clears throat> and um, obviously diving deeply into recruiting, transfer portal, all all the things that are part of college athletics today. So, um excited for the opportunities of the future but yeah pretty pretty bummed out we're still not playing well from an outsider's perspective what i really loved about this season was we couldn't define this year until the very end because you guys there was this growth and we Mm -hmm. saw it happen the beginning didn't start as well as you guys wanted but then it's like and, and beyond hoover just the way you guys came together especially in conference play towards the end uh, to me, gave us all hope when you got to the regional. Yeah, I think so. I think you know, I think it, it, it was a. I can tell you this personally. I, I don't remember. Exer- I always give every ounce of me to a team, but I, you know, we, our, myself and I say myself, our coaching staff, like it just felt like every single day we were it, the amount of effort uh, put in to try and win a ball game, uh, primarily because you you know your pitching staff wasn't what you had hoped it would be at the time, and then you get into the conference tournament where you get to Starkville, and then you start, you know, uh, Lampkin has a great start. Will Johnston goes from, you know, giving up a walk-off home run to giving us a great start in the last regular season game, and then we have three or four. Wansing obviously was outstanding against Tennessee, um, and, that, and that was a great run, and that said a lot about the character of our players, um, and we had hoped that we would carry that into the regional, and then I thought Nathan was outstanding. Uh, really good in his last start on Monday. Uh, but the other ones, we probably got a total of, what, 15 outs from starting pitching. And that's just an uphill battle. It's going to be really tough. So uh, I think if you look at our stats over the course of the season, if you were to put your hand over the record and say, hey, these these are the statistics your, your team's going to have, uh, some things were really good and some things not so good. Uh, you say, wow, how in the heck? Uh, I don't know if that's a regional team. And then you look up and you were a regional team. You played for an SEC championship and played in a regional final. So I think, I think on one hand, we got the most out of them. Uh, on the other hand, you could say, you know, golly, what could we have done different? And believe me, I do. What could we have done different to get more out of Wansing, more out of Detmer? God, you know, we, it's, it's the same exact coaches coaching Austin Boast, you know. And right. he puts in the – he's the greatest kid, the most competitive, puts in the most effort – and sometimes, you know, I mean, I don't like to say it, and I, I, I wouldn't want to hear it if I was an Aggie fan. Sometimes, like Ron Washington said, that's how baseball go. And you just have to deal with it and move on to the next season. But uh, we put ourselves in position to get to Omaha, which is, and I know we want to host and do all that other stuff, and we want to win championships. But you can't get to Omaha unless you're in a regional. And uh, we played our way into that in the last month and, um, and made a good run. just wasn't enough. Speaking of Nathan, there's something about him that in these big moments, he does show up. Mm-hmm. Um, obviously, the, the result wasn't there, but he pitched phenomenally. He pitched phenomenally last year against Notre Dame when you needed him to. 
what is it about him that he he finds it uh, in these in these crucial games? Yeah, you know, I think he's he's a uh, he's a pretty strong guy in his faith, and I think he truly doesn't let baseball define him. So when he gets in those moments, he's more relaxed than most people. Um, but uh, he's talented, you know. And so it, that eventually the cream rises to the top, and he did a great job. And that you know, made one or two, you know, pit, you could say bad pitches, or you could say that the hitter did a good job with them in those home runs. But uh, that day was Nathan kept us in the ball game, and and we couldn't, you know, get the two out hit. There was a time I'm looking at the scoreboard. I think we had more hits than they did, but they either had more timely hits or or hit the ball out of the ballpark where we we didn't. Let's look at uh, this team, how it's going to look next year in two parts. First off, this young core that really stepped up this year from mm-hmm. Max and Jace and, you know, Lampkin. Like, just, just talk about this core that should be coming back and how they grew this year. Yeah, I mean, you could go, each individual story is great. Obviously, Jace is the headliner of that group and uh, super proud of the way he handled himself throughout the course of the season. But you got Lavalette, uh, I thought Max Coffer. I mean, where would we be without him? Mm-hmm. I mean, uh, he just he ended up really handling the pitching staff well. If people could see the analytics of of his job of of you know, how they grade catchers now and make strike strikes and the fringy pitches keep you know make them present them to the umpire well. He did a really nice job with that. And his his batting average wasn't great, but his at bats were always really really good. He had some big RBIs um, and uh, and always had a really good on base percentage for a guy that didn't have a high batting average. So. Uh, and then Lampkin and Sadeo thought were outstanding. Sadeo specifically mm-hmm. uh, took a huge jump and became a big, big, big part of our of our bullpen. Uh, one of my hopes for that last game was if Nathan could give us enough. Stanford had not seen Sadeo where they had seen Ashenbeck and 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 Johnston and Garcia. Um, so I thought. You know, we have that. I felt good about our plan going into that game, but I really think Lampkin and Sade are going to be really good starting pitchers for us. Um, if they're not starting pitchers, that means we have some other ones, some other really good ones step to the forefront. Um, I thought Caden Kent gave us at bats when we needed it. You know, different parts of the season. Everybody thinks about the last two months of the season. The, the entire season in itself is a game in February is just as important as a game in May. And so Caden did some good things. Case and Wells, um, guys that are that are going to be a part of this thing, you know, for a while, we hope. So uh, it's a good core to, to build around, but we have a lot of work to do. We have to, we have a good high school class coming in. We need to hold those guys. Uh, I'll be getting on some, in my car and on some planes here in the next two weeks to have some real in-depth conversations to make sure we give ourselves the best chance to hold those players in the draft. And then um, obviously the, the transfer portal where we have been and we will continue to be active in that depending on what our, we determine our needs are and, and what's out there. Well, the, opposite, the other side of that conversation is some of these guys will be moving on. Just mm-hmm. uh, you know, what Trevor meant to this team. or you know, A lot of these guys' future is still TBD, but what they've done these last few years. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's, I don't know. I mean, that, that was, I never know what to say to a team at the end of the season because I've never, unfortunately, been a part of winning the last game. Um, so whether it's in the, in the locker room in Omaha like last year, or whether it's down the third base line at Stanford this year, the tiers are the same. Uh, what do you say? I mean, it's just there's nothing to say other than thank you. Uh, I, and I think we all wish, you know, in some cases I wish we would have gone to a regional last year and gone to the College World Series this year as, as those guys leave. But it, went, it happened the opposite 
And, and so, I, but I told those guys, you, you guys are a part of changing the direction of a program. And, and they, a lot of them were here when it wasn't so great, whether it be COVID or, you know, a rough year in 21. Um, but Brett Minnick and Trevor Werner and Austin Boast and Will Johnston and Nathan Detmer, um, I'm sure I'm missing some guys, but, uh, you know, just what those guys did and number one, stuck at A&M and number two, just continued to believe in what we were doing and, for me as a coach, they were great examples, great role models, uh, so and, and great leaders. So we'll miss them. You can't. We we can, we'll do our best to replace the baseball, the numbers, and and improve and stuff like that. But to to replace that kind of character, uh, that's not going to be easy. Well, you mentioned Austin there. The uh, press conference clip went somewhat viral because you know how much passion he has for this university. Just talk about that young man. Yeah, yeah. If if I start talking about, it, I'll start crying because he's. Uh, you know, within 36 hours, I mean, yesterday I had exit meetings all day, and you're battling Monday night, and now I'm having a meeting with Austin Bose, and he's walking out of my office. He'll be back, I mean, as a, as a former student, former player, but it's not the same. And uh, just what he means is grit, everything about, you know, having me you know, being new to A&M. Uh, everything I, from the outside looking in, viewed an Aggie baseball player to be, tough, gritty, competitive, selfless, you know, all the things that A&M is, that's what Austin Boast is. And, and uh, yeah, we're really going to miss him. He, a guy that just was never, you know, an infielder and says, Coach, I can play second base. And the Wednesday before we go to LSU last year, and that completely changed. That was really the moment that changed our season. And then he comes back, could have played professional baseball, and doesn't have a great season. And there's a lot of guys that would, that would look and say, man, I, made, I screwed up. And he didn't at all. He didn't regret it one single second. That's how much it means for him to be an Aggie. And uh, he'll be rewarded for that. I truly believe things happen for you, not to you. And uh, he'll grow from this. And uh, we're going to work like crazy to help him get a chance to continue his baseball career. Coaches all around the country are trying to figure out how to best use the transfer portal. You've been very successful at it. Talk a little bit about fit and talent. Like, there's got to be both. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I think... Uh, you, it's really easy, especially this time of year. You're emotional after a loss. You're losing some really good players, and you just want to plug and play and grab the first guy. But uh, we have to get to know these people as best we can. Um, there are some transfer situations, like you know, we have a couple guys from Ivy League schools that uh, you know they've known they've been coming here before their season even started. So that's really awkward. But at least you get to know them, you know. And so there, those are all. That's a good thing. From the transfer portal gets a lot of bad, you know, things said about it. But those are that's a really good thing. So we get to know those guys, and then the, the challenge is going to be as these big name guys hit the portal or or some players out out there. Um, how how can we get best get to know them when the when their decisions are going to be made so fast, right? So can you talk to their their current coach? Yes or no? He might not be leaving under the best. Best of circumstances. Uh, talk to their summer coach, people that know them, and hopefully get them on a visit. And in a very, very, very short, sometimes just 12 to 20 hours of being on our campus, try to look them in the face and see if they're built the way we're built. Right. And um, that's a tricky that, – that's, that, that's part of all recruiting, but that's a real tricky thing in the portal. Well, Hunter Haas, I mean, he, he fit right in, didn't he? <laughs> yeah. I mean, that's what we need more of that. Yeah. <laughs> and, you know, I think, I, I think the beauty of Hunter is, is Mike Early. And, and that Mike knew his character, knew I had recruited him a couple different times when I was at TCU, but I didn't know him like Mike, obviously. And, and 
uh, Hunter coming off a season where he was hurt. And uh, I remember Mike in the office saying, I'm telling you, this is our guy. I'm telling you, this is a perfect fit culturally. Guys are going to love him. He's an elite teammate like Jack Moss was. And so, you know, yeah, and then he comes and has a great season. So that that's a great st- story for Hunter and, and for the portal as well. And those are the kind of guys we've got to find. I know we've done this story before <coughs> on this show, but I, I love the Evan Oshenbeck story. Just, mm-hmm. I mean, his growth and, and what he meant to this team when a lot of people didn't know who he was. Most valuable pitcher, all-time pitcher. That's why I call him. He's my all-time pitcher, <laughs> like you have in wiffle ball in Little League or whatever. But uh, I don't know where we'd be without him. He's certainly the most valuable pitcher on our team this past year. Uh, you know, he had some moments that were really unbelievable in, in the uh, conference tournament against LSU, and I think he's behind in the count. Dylan Cruz and throws three three fastballs. I mean, he couldn't throw three fastballs by people in three weeks in the fall, and then and he gets in that situation, he runs his last fastball, a 3-2 count, just runs a 93-mile-hour fastball right by the best hitter in the country. And so um, Jeremy McMillan's to be accredited for a lot of that, our strength coach, uh, Nate, obviously working with him every day, and and uh, Evan's going to stay around this summer and, and try to continue to, to transform his body, and you never know. I mean, a guy like that, uh, he could certainly be a starting pitcher, but his value is, is endless. I do want to talk to you about the stadium um, and, and just the, what the future could be and maybe some timelines potentially. Yeah, you know, I think, um, again, talking about the, you know, the telescope and the microscope, the microscope is, hey, today in the portal, what are we trying to do? But the teles- telescope, the long-term vision that I'm continuing to try to keep moving, moving this whole massive ship forward is I think Texas A&M deserves the best of the best. When, when I think of A&M, you know, compared to the other schools who currently are ahead of us from a facility standpoint or different areas of their program, I'm like, are you crazy that th- this school, I don't want to name a school, but this school or that school has something better than Texas A&M? That would never happen in football. Why should it happen in baseball? And so um, my vision is for the, the biggest, the brightest, the best possible ballpark that we can fit in that stadium that lasts for a very long time that's not just not just uh you know a you know well they lipstick on a pig or whatever they call it where it, hey it's better but it, it it's not I want it best and and uh and that's not for me I'm not always going to be the coach here I'm going to get out of this thing at some point but it's for the players and for the and for the 12th man and so uh we're Going to sounds like we're going to stay on site, so we're we are somewhat limited by our footprint. Um, but you know, the university, for example, has told us we can go as high as we want. We just can't go past the rec center. Obviously, can't can't go past the railroad tracks. So uh, we'll have the player development stuff um, that's super important in recruiting. Every single semester is a recruiting cycle, and every single we don't have that stuff is a, a, another step further behind. Um, but we'll, the player development stuff will be a big phase, and then the stadium itself adding seating, you know, hopefully maybe some double deck seating in the out in, in the outfield, certainly left field. Uh, where's the video board going to go? Uh, the field itself is 17 years old. The playing surface needs redone. How does that interact with a playing season, summer camp? Um, we would obviously, we don't want to miss a season where we have to go play somewhere else um, unless they're going to build us a new, uh, new ballpark on site, which doesn't sound like that's going to happen. So it probably, I, I would say after next season, that's the goal is to be moving dirt and building and renovating and knocking down walls. Uh, pro- no, nothing's been decided, but probably the player development stuff first, then you play a season and add and do all the seating. But uh, we have our next big stadium meeting here in the next week or so, and 
I'll know more then. All right, one more microscope thing to close out, and, and I don't even know if it's fair to ask, but do you have a wish list of what you want to get done here in this offseason? I want to have good players. Yeah. <laughs> you know, I mean, hope, I mean, met with everybody yesterday, uh, you know, our coaches, our coaching staff, uh, there couldn't be better synergy on a coaching staff than this coaching staff. Everybody's on the same page. Um, of course, people are going to want our coaches. I've never not had people. I want coaches that are upwardly mobile. I want them to want to be head coaches. I just want them to be want to be head coaches at the right place, right? So Nate Yeski's not leaving unless it's the right job. Mike Early's not going anywhere unless it's the right job. I don't want any of our coaches leaving being assistants somewhere else. Uh, and Ross is fully supportive of that. Um, so just maintain our staff. But then right now it's it's rebuild a roster. Yeah. And one, you know, Aggies want to win every year. So do I. I mean, no one's guaranteed anything. So um, I want to have the very best team we can possibly have next year. So our focus right now is 1,000% on rebuilding this roster uh, so that this time next year we're hopefully playing at home and trying to get to Omaha. We appreciate you, sir. Thank you. Yeah, thanks for having me. Appreciate all you do during, for us during the season. Thank you very much, Jim Schlossnagel here in the studio. All right, we'll come back with an open segment next on Texas Radio. Whenever she looks, I read the nearest paper. This sounds like a Nick Savage request. What song is that, Nick? I have no earthly idea. Oh, you don't? Why, why do you think that's a Nick I, Savage I request? I've I, heard it before, but I could not tell you who that was. Actually, there was exactly a, sure. the guy sounded British, so I'm yeah. out. No, so you're right. It's not a Nick Savage banger. That's for sure. Uh, Tech Radio presented by David Gardner's Jewelers here in the uh, Rollo Insurance Studio. Appreciate Coach Slavsnagel coming in. Uh, he, again, I, I told him when he left, I always appreciate his candor. He he answers all questions. He thinks before he speaks. He's just, uh, he he wants what's best for this program. And, you know, regardless of, of how you think this season played out, I saw growth from that team, and that is a, a lot to do with him. I do want to read something from C. Rogers on the chat because he's he's – come at us, not in a mean way, by the way, uh, about being wrong on football, baseball, and basketball in our preseason takes. And I kind of want to go about that. I think we were pretty right on on basketball. I thought they were a tournament team. Uh, I thought they had a potential to be a Sweet 16 team. I also told you all on this show, and I'm not here to defend my takes and whatnot. I'm just kind of talking. But I think I told you all on, on this show that I was worried about that Penn State game because of the, and I said it all week long as I did my prep for that game, all the things that they were really good at, I thought hurt A and M. Like they were just like good. They don't foul a lot. A and M was in the line a lot. So, um, and and then like preseason predictions for baseball and for football. Yeah, I was wrong on football. I thought that was a, a nine win team. I, I believe that was my pick last year was nine wins. Right. I was wrong. ESPN was wrong. CBS was wrong. The AP poll was wrong. The coaches poll was wrong. We're all wrong. Um, and by wrong, I still believe in the talent that they have here. And I still think Jeff Fisher makes that sound when he's not thinking. Um, I don't know what that was, but it was kind of funny. But I, I still believe in Jimbo Fisher. And by, by the way, yeah, I'm wrong. So are you. We're all wrong. I'm not Jesus. For the record, I am not. Like, I don't know everything. Uh, I get paid to steer a conversation. I'm a, a conversation steerer. Skip Bayless is wrong. Every single day he makes millions. Stephen A. Smith is wrong all the time. Like, people are wrong. C. Rogers, look, I'm sure you're a nice enough guy. I bet you you were wrong about AM. M. Most people did not predict a 5-7 and seven season. Like, seriously. I'm like, ask you. We're, we're, then we're all wrong. 
And yes, I'm the host of the show. I should be right. If I were right all the time, I'd be working in Vegas, wouldn't I? Like, look, I, I see things, I analyze them, I break it down. Sometimes I'm right, sometimes I'm wrong. Baseball, I look at that team and I think that they underperformed preseason expectations that the world had. I also saw a team that exceeded some of the expectations that I put on them in my mind during the season. So look, we all have opinions about teams. Sometimes we hit them, sometimes we don't. And that's just, well, like, it happens in boxing. It happens in all sport. Like, like things don't, that's why it's a game. Like, when you, how many times has the underdog beaten a, a really good team? And this is not an App State time to bring up. I'm just saying in general. Like, there's been games my sons have gone into where they, they should get destroyed by the team that they're going to play against, and they win. And then there's games that they play against a team that they should destroy have lost. It's competition. There's work on both sides. Last year, football-wise, was terrible. It was. It, it legit was terrible. I think this year will be better. A year from now, David, you told us they were going to be better. Yeah, I do. I think they're going to be better. And I'm not the only one. So I feel like like when you defend yourself for something that you're not, like, what? I'm telling you, sometimes my predictions are wrong. This show is not called Guess the Outcome. That'd be a game show. It's not that show. It's let's analyze the situation right now. Let's look ahead. Let's look back and have a conversation about it. Hopefully, you are not coming here for your gambling advice, especially knowing that I don't understand how to gamble. I've made that mistake on this show many times. I'm going to take the over. David, we're not asking that. Oh, I'm going to take the under. David, we're not asking that either. Take the points. Look, I hope you come here for water cooler talk. I hope you come here because you want to talk about A&M sports and have some really good interviews with the head coaches and the, the, the decision makers of the, 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 the team across the street. I hope you come here for analyzing situations, right? If you're coming here for predictions... Man, we can do it. I haven't given a prediction for this season because I think predictions are stupid. I don't know. I do think the offense will be better. Put that in a headline. Put it in a tweet. Quote tweet me, David, you suck. You're wrong. Okay. I think it's going to be better. I think the defense will be better. I'm worried about certain areas. I've maintained. like So hopefully you're just coming here for the dialogue to be around. And look, I know opposing fan bases can't wait for people's opinions. They, they like to do the receipts. I, I saw somebody do that to Billy the other day. Receipts are a moment in time. Opinions change. I used to hate carrots. Legit. I, I love when I, I, I say a line that I just thought of. Like it's not even, you know, not a planned joke like the dude from Arkansas. And then Luke laughs in the background. I love it because I feel like, oh, something worked. I hated carrots from the age of one to 43. Hated it. I like carrots now. It's amazing. Things changed. Had, if had I tweeted that in 1988, and then they show David, you said in 88 you hated carrots. Yeah, but now I like them. Things change. I like carrots. I still hate pickles. But you said. Yeah, I hate them. Maybe my taste buds will change. I used to not like country music. I got a playlist on my phone for country music. And I'm saying years ago, like before Texas, I used to not want to listen to country music. I didn't grow up around it. It wasn't my thing. I got a playlist that plays country music. Sorry. 
People change, people evolve, situations evolve. During a football season, they evolve. When the Oilers were up 28-3, this came up earlier in the show, I thought they were going to win the game. I was wrong. So was the world, right? That's part of it. Um, C. Rogers says that uh, you dismissed the fact that the new signing class were all freshmen. You're right. I did dismiss it. I did. I and the world did. I did dismiss the fact that they were all freshmen. I also, I'm also the same guy that says I would build a team with older players. Same guy. I did dismiss it. You're right. I th- I th- you're, you're okay. Here you go. You're right. Ivan Mazel, I don't know what he predicted for the Aggies. I bet you he dismissed it too. And there was Connor O'Gara from the beginning told me, and I'll give him credit for that. He's like, man, there's a lot of young players. He said it on this show. Like, I'm worried about that. He David, right if, I, if I can chime in on that. Sure. Like, yes, they were all freshmen, but, but, but they were five stars. You know, there's, there's reason to believe that they would be putting out at a, at a higher rate than, you know, a three-star or something like that. So, I mean, I guess what I'm saying is I think you're, I guess, pushing it aside is kind of justified, but... No, no look, I know. understand C. Rogers' point. Yeah. But I thought there would be a nine-win team. Was I talking about playoffs? I probably brought up playoffs. If, if things go right... By the way, if you're in the SEC and you're a 10-win team, you will be conver- conversation piece for the playoffs. You will be. Absolutely. I, thought, I didn't think LSU was going to be as good as they were. Most people didn't. And they were really good. Congratulations. They lost but they were really, they were really good. Props to Brian Kelly for getting it done year one. Props, and they'll probably be pretty good this year. Look, if it's about predictions, you know, and and like gotcha moments, you said they were, you, you were talking playoffs. Yeah, it is fifteen hours of radio a week where you talk about the highs and lows and the potentials, and I don't like to like live in the misery, like oh. God, if things go wrong, you know how quickly that show would end? Like, I, I'd be depressed. Like, oh, man. You know, if they lose that game, it's, it, like, this is what it's going to feel like. There was, but for the record, there was a time, and I'm pretty sure I said it on the air, I was worried, Aggie uh, basketball 2022, I wonder if they were going to win a game again. I did. I wondered. Like, when they lost, was it eight straight, Luke? Is that right? Eight straight? Yep, it was eight straight. I was like, ah, look, if they don't win this game, they may not win a game the rest of the way. I remember thinking that. And what did they do? They did the exact opposite. They went on this huge run. And they lost in the SEC tournament final. And then they lost again in the NIT final. Right? Like, like yeah. Like, if predictions are what you're coming for, see, Rogers, I know you've been listening for like two years. You keep coming back. If it's the gotcha moments, then I think it says more about you than it says about me. I'm going to tell you right now. I'm going to be wrong sometimes. I'm going to be right sometimes. Luke, you're going to be wrong sometimes. You're going to be right sometimes. I'm going to be wrong a lot, but I will be right sometimes. You're right about that mustache. See, I just did the thing I don't want to do. I just did it right here on the show. I said I don't like doing jokes that other people have done. I did one. You know, I did the Luke, I am your father, and the mustache thing. I'm better than that. I apologize, Luke. It's okay. I know you're better than that, David. I don't know if that was a compliment or you were being mean there. I just, I really don't know. All right, we got to hit a break. I know Aaron Torres is probably like, dude, can you guys already finish up so we can chit-chat? Yeah, we can do that, Aaron. We'll do that. See, Rogers, appreciate uh, you chiming in on the show. Moment right now for uh, Caldwell Country Chevrolet Highway 21 and Caldwell Online, CaldwellCountryChevrolet.com. Look, if you buy a car from Caldwell Country Chevrolet, 
you're probably going to write an email to a friend about it. I know that seems weird, like a dear John, like, but you're going to tell them how good that experience was. It's just like, it's natural when you have like really good customer service and you get like the, the vehicle you want or the, whatever you're purchasing and like everything was good. Like, you feel like I got to tell somebody, oh, you're looking for a car? Let me tell you about Cobble Country. Oh, you want a Tahoe? I got the guy for you. And everyone's like, really? Who, who's the guy? Cobble Country Chevrolet. That's the guy. That's the mythical free, uh, creature right there. They are the best when it comes to customer service. Um, they have just uh, amazing like people that work there, and they're going to get you the right price, the right deal, and the right, right trade-in value. We went through it last year. I can speak from experience, and I know many others that have done it as well. Uh, and, and I've mentioned to you many times, there are a lot of Aggie legends across the street that have gone there. R.C. Slocum buys his vehicles there. Uh, Dante Hall buys his vehicles there. So I've gotten mine there. Other employees here at Texax have gotten their vehicles there. It's a great place to go. Simply call, click, or stop by. 15-minute drive, Brian Caldwell. Short conversation away, but you'll see the difference when you step on the lot and do business with Zach and the fellows there at Caldwell Country Chevrolet. Highway 21 in Caldwell. Online, caldwellcountrychevrolet.com. We've got a small family business. Hey, we're back. Texax Radio. Presented by David Gardner's Jewelers here in the Rollo Insurance Studio. I'll, I'll say what. I don't know if I like the songs that we're playing today. Or I love them. I don't know. I'm not going to tell you. I'm not. I don't know. But I will say they've been different. So props back there at the mothership. Uh, Emily doing a great job over there. It's Hags Radio presented by David Gardner's Jewelers here in the Rollo Insurance Studio. And it is now time for Around College Athletics. Brought to you by Millican Reserve, a call station community featuring homes, trails, farms, and wide open spaces with a mission to build a healthy community around nature. Take part in the Millican Reserve community with a conservancy membership. Learn more at millicanreserve.com. We go to the hotline and AT is joining us, Aaron Torres from Aaron Torres Online and Fox Sports Radio. AT, what up? It's funny you say that, David. I actually, coming in, you know, I'm obviously, you know, on hold while the music plays. And I was like, we must have somebody different on the board today. Because, you know, if it's not from the 80s and if it, if it doesn't have a little, you know, beat to it, David Nuno doesn't want it. I mean, we've been doing this now for what? You're coming up on the two-year anniversary since you started. I, I don't... I don't know a lot in life, but I know David Nuno's music taste, and I'm not here to criticize whoever is playing it, but I know that's not what's normally coming out as I come into the show. Well, hey, I, uh, I very rarely pick the music back there, uh, but it's, it's been fun. It's been good, man. Hey, uh, I wanted to go back to a little exchange we had. So last week <laughs> on this show. Yeah. You, you I don't know if you wanted that, that out publicly. Yeah. Oh, I don't care. I don't care. Okay. I, I love it. Okay. I, I make a lot of mistakes. Just ask Steve Rogers. Um, so... Last week on the show, you educated me on UConn, right? And that was on a Thursday. And then on Friday, I used your information because I, I Googled it. And I, I remember texting you. Like, I Googled UConn. I'm like, man, their conference record. You're, like, you're, they didn't lose a series. Like, they were legit. You're right. So I kind of bragged about you a little bit on the on the baseball bunch, I think it was, and told the guys. And and then this weekend, I'm at the gym. I'm lifting. Sure. You know, lifting heavy, of course. You know, two reps. Of course. And uh, I look on the bottom line on the TV that had ESPN on, and I see that uh, UConn defeats Florida. I'm like, dude, AT called it. And I texted you, and you're like, what, wait, what? And you go, what, Florida A&M? I didn't let the whole <laughs> bottom line finish, right? It was like I saw Florida, and I went straight to the phone, and I, I, I gave great. you a message, like props. Well, no, that's exactly what happened. And it was funny because – so. Uh, my mom was in town this past week and, you know, she actually went to UConn too. So, you know, we always kind of monitor the sports together, all that stuff. But Friday she was in town and, uh, UConn had actually opened with Texas Tech. They end up losing. Um, and so Saturday we were actually, of all places, we were at Top Golf uh, here in El Segundo, you know, the beautiful facility in El Segundo, California. 
and um, I get that text from you. And so first, no, what you said was, you said something like, how about them Huskies or something like that? And it was funny because first I thought it was a sarcastic because I had known that they had lost the opening game and I knew they were in the loser's bracket. So I thought you were mocking me. No, you said something like, I bragged about you on the show and then this happens. And so I thought you were mocking both of us for believing in UConn and that they had lost both games to be eliminated from the regional. And then you said something about no Florida, bro. And so then I was like, wait, did Florida lose its opener? Did UConn beat Florida in the loser's bracket? Then, of course, I did a quick little Google search because then I became curious. And, of course, the Huskies had beaten the Florida A&M Rattlers, who I'm sure had a great season in their own right. But, unfortunately, they were eliminated from that Gainesville Regional. Uh, you know, listen, I know it was kind of a, a wild weekend last weekend for a lot of teams, but you said it. You said the Gators are for real, and they did lose, I believe, their second game. So they did pseudo have to come out of the loser's bracket, but Florida advanced, and uh, everybody that picked them looks pretty smart because I think they won, I think, two or three elimination games in a row to win their regional. But, yes, that was how it went down was, first I thought you were mocking me, and then I thought we were playing Florida in the loser's bracket, only to do a quick search and find out it was actually <laughs> it was actually Florida a and Well, then you started texting me, like, old news. <laughs> Remember that? Oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, that was great. Yeah, big big week for uh, Billy Gillespie. Yeah, the Billy Gillespie Aggies. I feel good about them going into 2024. <laughs> that that's great. So yeah, yeah, I can't remember everything that we talked about, but yeah, it was a, it was a, it was a fun little, and it was also just nice because you know, I mean, obviously, look, we have a professional relationship. You know, we talk off air sometimes, but to get the midday Saturday text, it was just a nice change of pace. So yes, we, we had a we had a little fun uh, fun at your expense, but at my expense too because. Like I said, I was out and about, and I wasn't probably monitoring as closely as I should have been. Hey, AT, I, I haven't seen this report that you uh, did a, a, a video on, so I, I'm curious about it. Is NIL yeah. officially running out? One report says that, that I haven't seen that report. What can you tell me about this story? Well, I think it's interesting. So, two, um, by the way, that's a great tease because now everybody wants to know what's going on. So, two of the early, 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 you know, kind of feel-good NIL stories, like from the beginning of NIL, like pre-collectives, pre-whatever. Uh, Michigan State had a booster that was giving, I think it was up to 700K, uh, or 700K, $700 a month to every, I think it was football, men's basketball, women's basketball, volleyball, and like one or two other sports. And then BYU, and I remember this was like the first month of NIL, they had a company that was um, – you know, giving a certain dollar amount to every football player. And so within the, within the last like two weeks, both of those deals have blown up. BYU football players have gone public about, um, you know, BYU football players have gone public that they're not getting paid, blah, 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 blah. And then the Michigan State one, the guy pulled the funding. Now, admittedly, the guy who pulled the funding is Matt Ishbia, who just spent a, little, a cool little $4 billion with a B on the Phoenix Suns. But I bring it up because I think this does speak to the evolution of NIL, where, yes, I think collectives are going to be a factor. And I, but, I, but I do think we're starting to see, like I said, an evolution. I think we're going to continue to see um, you know, elite players get well taken care of. And I do think, obviously, you know, collectives are going to actually – I think we're headed towards a good place from NIL because I think we're headed towards a place where it's actually going to be what it was intended to be from the perspective that – I do think going forward, collectives are going to make sure 
hey, the guys on our roster, the guys that have produced, the guys that have actual value in this marketplace, whether it's A&M, Penn State, Ohio, you know, the, the big brands, those are the guys that are going to be taken care of. And so I think we're seeing an evolution. And I do think to some degree the money is drying up where, you know, it, 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 these team-wide deals and things like that, I just don't think they're going to be there two or three years from now as the space continues to evolve. Talking to Aaron Schwartz here on Texags Radio, presented by David Gardner's Jewelers here in the Rollo Insurance Studio. Mm-hmm. All right, I, uh, this week I feel like I've talked more golf than I've ever talked. No, I take that back. When Sam Bennett was in the Masters, we did a lot of golf, and anytime the, sure. the Aggie women and, and men were playing, we, we'd, but PGA, this whole live thing, everyone's got an opinion, and I haven't seen yeah. many positive opinions about uh, at least the way the PGA has handled everything. What, what's your take on it? Yeah, I don't know if it's positive. I guess one of my takeaways, you know, first of all, whatever. I mean, I think probably from the PGA's perspective, because I think that's where the evolution is. There's there's the initial shock. Okay, the guys who left for live are the big winners. The guys who stayed are big losers. But I guess from the PGA's perspective, this is my one thing that I'm a little bit confused by, David, is that, like, you know, I, I, I've seen a lot the last 24 hours of, Jay Monahan, the guy who uh, you know, the guy who's in charge of the PGA. Oh, he's got to go. He can't survive this. Blah 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 blah. And I'm like, wait a second. Isn't the job of a commissioner or a league president or whatever to get his constituents the most possible money? Um, you know, Roger Goodell has flubbed the NFL commissioner, but NFL owners are making more money than they ever have. Like, so it doesn't really matter if he gets Zeke Elliott's suspension wrong or Ray Rice's suspension wrong, his ultimate goal is to make as much money for the owners as possible. And this whole situation obviously just infused a ton of cash into the PGA Tour. And I think, you know, even Rory McIlroy's comments yesterday of, do I feel like a sacrificial lamb? Yes. Do I also think this is probably the best for the future of golf? I also think that's true. Like, that's my only takeaway is I think, you know, I think there's the the moralists that, that are upset by this. I mean, and that's another conversation we can get into if you want. But if the commissioner's job is to, it, it, you know, listen, let's go local. You know, Oklahoma and Texas joining the SEC isn't what's best for all 14 other SEC schools. Um, I don't know that it's what's best for Vanderbilt, what's best for Arkansas, what's best for South Carolina, but it's best for the overall well-being of everybody. That's why Greg Sankey did it, and that's why the PGA made this decision. It's all about money. It stinks. If you're Roy McIlroy, you feel bad. But that's kind of one of my other takeaways is that in life, you know, the quicker you learn that your boss doesn't really care about you and your feelings and he cares about his business or her business and their company, the, 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 the sooner you learn that, the better. I think Roy McIlroy and some of the guys on the PGA Tour learned that the hard way this week. Yeah, no doubt about that. Um, it's uh... – it's interesting, man, because this whole thing and you know these. Do you have a strong office, opinion on? Yeah, my, my 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 strong opinion is I think that Monahan comes across as a total loser, like and and sure. he has for for months, right? Like, and I saw an interview that he did, I think yesterday, yeah, and he yep. looked completely like he did not know how to answer the questions. Like, well, and, uh, go, go ahead. Sorry, go ahead. I was just gonna Texas. say, you know, I was on air when. The, the audio of that went live and the only thing I could equate it to was really the last, you know, three, four, five months for Nate Oates with the whole Brandon Miller situation of like every time he spoke, it was like, 
one, I didn't think it could get worse. But then two, it's like, don't you have PR people that are supposed to be helping you out? And that was how I felt with Jay Monahan is like, obviously, you know, we all know what he did and how he kind of used the nine 11 stuff to try to leverage people against Liz. And it's like, you have to know that's going to be one of the first questions you get asked and you have to be better prepared. I'm not saying it's okay for him to do that, but I don't like, I guess what I'm trying to say is I actually fundamentally agree with everything that you just said. And I was kind of shocked that he didn't really have a better answer, even if there isn't a great answer to give. AT, you got to drop it right there, man. Appreciate you. No problem, man. Have a great weekend. We'll talk soon. All right, man. Aaron Torres from Aaron Torres Online and Fox Sports Radio here on the program. Appreciate his time. Let's hit a quick break, uh, but right now, Caprock Health System, highly personalized emergency care. You know that uh, their patients there are going to benefit from a very unique one-on-one experience there because they've got a very low doctor-to-nurse-patient uh, ratio, which means their medical team gets to know you and your individual needs. And should your stay Required to be there a little bit longer than expected. They're going to manage every element of your visit there. They've got hotel-quality rooms where you never have to worry about being in a dreary environment, sharing a room with another patient. You're going to have your own room. They're going to take amazing care of you. They've got the most advanced CT scanner in the region and can provide all the testing that you need done at one place. Their CT scan can detect any blockages developing in arteries and heart with 99% sensitivity. So uh, they are very advanced when it goes there. Their sole purpose is to make you feel better, and they're 100% locally owned and operated. They want to make sure that you know that they want to put the patient first in every decision that they make. Two state-of-the-art facilities designed for patient healing and family friendliness. You've got Caprock Hospital in Bryan and Caprock 24-hour emergency center in College Station. Both have zero wait time for emergency care. You'll never have to sit in a crowded waiting room. Go check it out. It is Caprock Hospital in Bryan and Caprock 24-hour Emergency Center in College Station. And listen to the engine. Texax Radio, presented by David Gardner's Jewelers here in the Rollo Insurance Studio. People are, are chatty today. I kind of like it. It gives me something to, to go back and forth on. John from San Antonio sends in, um, to be fair, you think the offense will be better isn't really saying anything when the bar to get over is 101st. Yeah, I know. And they'll be better than 5-7 and seven too. But, you know, like, look, I've stated many times before why I think. And I'm going to tell you, again, here's a hot sports take for C. Rogers, John, and San Antonio, and Pablo, and whomever. All right? Got to throw in my guy, Pablo. Good good people right there. I don't care if it's Jimbo's offense, Bobby Petrino's offense, or Lex Luthor's offense, which is very advanced, by the way. I don't care. I do care. But for, the, for what I'm about to say. And sometimes Billy like looks at me like, you're bringing that up again. Yeah, I'm bringing it up because I think it is all about the offensive line. If the offensive line is good, they'll move the ball. That's that's it. Yes, the offense needs to get advanced, and I think we're seeing that across the street. But if you can block, like people weren't really complaining in 2020 because they had a really good line. I mean, it was just a different style of offense. It wasn't like this attack that was going to score 40 points a game. I'm not putting a number on how many points a game they're going to score. I don't know, right? Like, I, I don't know. We don't know, all right? I do know that if the line blocks, they're going to score some points and they're going to rack up some yards. And I think that's where it starts. And I have faith that Reuben Fothery is going to have a really good year and Layden Robinson is putting in the work. And the return of Bryce Foster, who touches the football in every single offensive possession, makes a big difference. More of that when we come back on Tech Radio. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. 
This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandslots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. <laughs> 